Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, Behold, all things have become new. And that is a well-known text found in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and we have been exploring it over the last several broadcasts. What is new in the new creation? You remember? Our perceptions are new. The way we judge things, the way we evaluate things, the way we value things is entirely new. We used to do it according to worldly standards, and now we do it according to heavenly standards. It's a whole new way of looking at other people, at looking at the world around us, at looking at our own lives, at looking at our opportunities, at looking at material possessions, at looking at at um, plans and goals for life. Everything in our perceptions is different. We evaluate things differently because... We have been changed. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. But not only our perceptions have changed, but our behavior has changed. Oh, how it has changed. We used to be drawn, just irresistibly drawn to sin. Before Christ took control of our lives, we lived in spiritual darkness Men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil, and ours were, whether we were respectable outwardly or not, inwardly, we were full of sin of all different kinds. And that has now changed because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things are become new. And though we still have to wrestle with sin as the remnants of the Adamic nature that we're still dealing with until we get to heaven and are entirely sanctified and all those things, all of the sin, all of the wrong thoughts, all of the enticements and temptations towards sin are going to be banished forever. So until that day comes, we're still going to wrestle with it, but we're not dominated by it. We're not chained by it. We, we're not enslaved by it. We, and we have new spiritual desires that are actually stronger than the sinful ones. That's what's changed. Our behavior has changed because we are a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. But there's more, and I will continue talking about it on this Monday, December 19, 2022. 
I'm glad we could get together on this Monday. I'm thankful for those whose financial gifts make it possible for us to get together in this way. And I would encourage you to consider a year-end gift for the Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, as you close out your year of 2022 in your service for the Lord Jesus Christ. What else has changed? Our purpose in life has changed. We used to have goals that all related to ourselves, pleasure and wealth and fame and power, and we were, we were living for worldly goals, but now our purpose is to live for Christ, a life of gratitude to God. Verse 18 says, now all things are of God. That surely refers to everything in our life now relates to God, but it also is a reminder that all of the good things in our lives have come to us from God. It's a, all things are of God. All things have come from God. And when we realize that and feel the gratitude that we surely feel because of what God has done in our lives, then we want to live a life pleasing to him. We want to live a life of serving him because we have gratitude toward him. It's a life of gratitude toward God. It's a life of partnership with God. He has given to us, we read in verse 18, the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us to himself. Verse 18, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He saved us and gives us the ministry of what can save others if we'll get out there and proclaim the gospel. He has reconciled us to himself, and he has given us the task of helping others to be reconciled to God. And how do we do that? By the word of reconciliation, verse 19. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So, our purpose for living has changed. We now live a life of gratitude to God. We now live a life of partnership with God. Isn't that amazing that God would allow us to be partners with him in his eternal work of redemption? We who are so weak, we who are so frail, we who are still imperfect in our lives, and yet God has committed to us this work in partnership with himself. This He reconciled us to himself and is now committed to us the work of reconciliation. We're in partnership with him. Why didn't he choose more reliable partners? The holy angels never sin, never fail, never get lazy, never procrastinate, never become fearful, but do what they are commanded to do immediately and perfectly every time. Why didn't God just commit to them this work, this partnership of working with him in this grand scheme of redemption, the ministry of reconciliation? He not only has reconciled sinners to himself, but he has chosen to use sinners to reconcile others to himself. He has chosen to become partners with his redeemed children in the work of reconciliation. That is amazing. 
Well, having gotten that far in this text, and I'm pretty much done with talking about the, the meaning of the text, I, but I do want to make some applications of the text. And first of all, I want to make an application in regard to racial prejudice. That still is a big issue, isn't it? I think some Christians had convinced themselves that it was no longer a problem, that it had been taken care of, because they had conquered it with God's help and grace in their own lives. They assumed that it was on the wane all throughout society, and certainly there wasn't any left in the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I think some of the events of the last few years have showed us that that is actually not the case. There's still a great deal of it. And, dear friends, there always will be. As long as there are sinners in this world, there's always going to be racial prejudice. It it will not be eradicated. It cannot be eradicated. But it needs to be recognized and rooted out of the lives of God's people. We have no right to harbor and defend racial prejudice as the people of God. That's part of the application of this this changed perception that we don't judge people the way we did before we knew the Lord. Verse 16 again, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. We don't judge people according to fleshly standards like we used to, We don't judge people according to the flesh that is their flesh. We don't judge people according to the color of their skin. We don't. We can't and be pleasing to God. There is no reason, there is no justification for that. If you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, one of the many things that has changed and must change is all racial animosity, and prejudice have got to go. There's no place for them in the life of a Christian because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And that's one of the old things that has passed away, must pass away. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's one of the things that must become new. And so if you are a white-skinned Christian, you have no right to be prejudiced against black-skinned people, saved or lost. If you are a black-skinned Christian, you have no right to be prejudiced against white-skinned people, whether saved or lost. It works both ways. It does work both ways. But as I heard a black brother say, in our church many, many years ago, decades ago, he said, the problem is sin, not skin. And that's right. The problem is sin, not skin. And if you are harboring prejudice in your heart, that's sin. So deal with the sin. If you are truly born again, if you are truly a new creature in Christ Jesus, get rid of that racial prejudice. I'll tell you something else that this text tells us. And that is the concept some people have that is sometimes called the carnal Christian theory cannot possibly be true. Why? Because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If you are in Christ, this is true of you. Now, what is the carnal Christian doctrine? The Bible talks about Christians who act carnally. So it's not that there is no carnality among Christians. Carnality is actually immaturity. Carnality is actually failure to grow and develop and become sanctified as we ought to be. Carnality is the remnants of our Adamic nature that are still operating in our lives and that we are allowing to operate in our lives without dealing with them. That's that's what it means to act carnally. But the theory among some Christians is that it's possible to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved even though there is no change in your life. There is no evidence of it. There are spiritual Christians who are serving the Lord, and there are carnal Christians who aren't. The spiritual Christians, but they're all going to heaven. The spiritual Christians are going to get rewards in heaven. The carnal Christians are not. But if you've ever asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you're going to heaven. Don't ever doubt it, even if you are a carnal Christian, so the theory goes, that is an unchanged Christian. Uh, 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 uh. Even though your life really hasn't changed, it's no different from an unsaved person. The only difference is you supposedly believe in Jesus. You supposedly have received him. But the text tells us in Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, that's a description of, of the new birth, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Not ought to be, not hopes to be, he is. Old things have passed away, not ought to have passed away, have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not ought to become new, but have become new. If that's not true, you're not in Christ. That's pretty obvious. That's very obvious and very simple to understand. Evaluate yourself accordingly. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.